You. What's going on? My name is Rich Ryan, one of the team members here at Torque, and also the host of this Torque Talk. And today we're talking all about the first U.S. National Series stop for Spartan Race in Jacksonville. So this is the third year straight this race will be held at WW Motocross Park. So myself, Nick Riker, and Mark Gaudet, we have a conversation about what to expect from the course, how to train for it in the next seven weeks, some of the things we wish we had done in the previous years and what we plan on doing leading into this race in late February. So if you plan on being there, like some of the members here at Torque plan on being there, we have a lot of cool stuff here. And all three of us have finished in the top 10 of this race the past three years. So we've done a lot of thinking about this course and we're ready to kind of get back at it. And so we really dive in, we go at it. And a lot of good content, a lot of great takeaways for you. But before we get into that, I want to give you some quick result updates from the athletes here at Torque. So Lauren Longfield, who was featured in last week's Torque Talk, check it out if you've missed it, ran a race on New Year's Day. It was a road half marathon, which is actually Lauren's first ever road half marathon. And Lauren's been dedicated to the trails and the mountains, but she knows she needs to get faster to compete at the highest level of OCR. So her and I, we put together a little speed progression for the past several weeks. At the last minute, she decided she wanted to jump into this race. And then leading into the race, we talked a little bit about strategy and how she would approach the pacing of things, which can absolutely be a struggle if you're new to running. Like Lauren's only been really running endurance for about two years. The the pacing part, especially on the road, can be kind of a challenge. It's really easy to go out too fast. It's, it, it, it doesn't feel too hard right from the jump. Or on the trails, you are kind of at the mercy of the terrain or the elevation. So you do kind of have to go on your perceived effort. But on the road, you can really get in over your head pretty quick. So when we started talking about this, we decided, like, all right, let's try seven-minute miles for the first about 5K, which is pretty comfortable, pretty easy for her, and then allow Lauren to kind of settle into a slightly faster pace until about 10 miles and then just drop the hammer for whatever she had left for the last 5K. But uh, Lauren has such a huge base of training that when she went out, she was able to figure out what felt comfortable for her almost right away, and her first mile was right at like 620. So instead of panicking, she held right around there because she knew it felt fine. And she ran a couple miles faster, a couple miles slower, but ended up running a 125.16, which averages about 6.25 per mile. And Lauren's half marathon pace is now faster than her pace for her 5K PR. So uh, big things are happening for Lauren Longfield. Make sure to keep the keep your eyes out for her. Oh, and she actually won. Uh, the race for females and was fifth overall. So a great way to start the year for Lauren and a great way to start the year for Torque. All right. Here are Nick Riker and Mark Gaudet. All right. Today we have a Torque talk with two of our studly male teammates here at Torque, and we are going to be talking about how to prepare for the first U.S. National Series race that is going to be in Jacksonville. So today I'm with Spartan Pro Team members Nick Reichert and Mark Gaudet. Fellas, what's up? Hey, great to see you, Rich. What's going on? So this Jacksonville, it's, it's kind of a surprise to me. I thought I heard that they were going to have the first race be sometime in like May. And you know how like Spartan kind of trickle stuff out like, or I don't even know where that came from, but I thought somewhere in my brain, I was like, all right, it's going to be in the middle of the year just to give time to prep and see what's going to happen with everything. But 
our luck is that Florida exists. So they're like, you know what? We're going to have this first race in February because Florida. So it caught me a little bit off guard and, but it's a familiar course, right? It's been there the past two years is the third straight year. It's going to be back there to kick off the U S national series. I've done this course twice. I'm considering hitting it again, but I know you guys are, are in like, as I was right off the jump, you're like, we're doing it. So Nick, when they set us back to Jacksonville, what did you first think about? I thought redemption for one and two, like, let's go. <laughs> like I can't, I, Jacksonville is probably my perfect course for me. One of my better, better, better performances. So I was pumped. Still kind of skeptical. Hopefully it happens with COVID. Definitely still skeptical, but I'm pumped. I'm fired. I think it's a great place. Everybody wants to show if they're fast. Everybody wants to show their leg speed. So I think it's a perfect, perfect first race. Yeah, because it's not, and it's short, right? They're doing the sprint again. So I, th- yeah. I, it, I guess that's a reason that they can be like, well, just get ready because it's just a sprint. Who cares? Like it's not, you don't need that huge of a lead up time to it. So Mark, are you, ha- are you happy to go back? I am. Yeah, I, I think I was, I was surprised as well. And I was like mid of my planned off season when the news dropped. So I, I'm coming right off the JFK 50 miler. So I, I was going into a very low mileage maintenance phase when the news dropped though I kind of like we haven't raced for so long that I'm just eager to get back out there so like Nick said I think the course plays to my strengths and I'm pretty happy with a seventh place finish last last year but I think there's a little bit of redemption for me as well I think I left quite a bit of time on the course last year and hopefully we can get out there and, and I guess improve on that finish this year so yeah you guys are both top 10 last year I was planning on being it but I just missed all the obstacles on the way i was racing that way until obstacles happened so nick you were 10th last year right yeah and with a missed spear throw with a missed spear throw so in terms of redemption that's kind of what what you were thinking but when you're going when you went into jacksonville last year we kind of knew right that was or at least it was on our radar two years ago was a bit of a surprise as well just because i think they didn't announce it until probably around the same time, around January 1st. So a lot of the the higher-end athletes who had trained well into September, October and took a lot of downtime, then all of a sudden it kind of got sprung on. It's like, okay, here it goes. But last year, there was an inkling that it could be back there. The the sprint was what was kind of the wrinkle with that last year. But Nick, when you prepared for this race last year, what, what kind of things did you have on your mind going into it? What kind of things did you do leading into it? Yeah, I did a lot of interval work, a lot of a lot of quality long runs as well, a lot of strength-based intervals. I, I didn't really touch any weights. I hit heavy carries after my long runs, but a lot of those fart licks, like quick, quick fart licks, not like going too long of intervals. I'm not doing like a 30-minute tempo, 40-minute tempo run. I was really focusing on trying to get my 5K pace faster. So workouts to go towards my 5K. Yeah, and I wanted sense. to be. I wanted to be in like going last year. I said I want to be in the best 5K shape of my life for Jacksonville Spartan. Do you think you got there? At that moment, yeah, I was. Really. Mm-hmm. And and Mark, you were doing some similar stuff on with some 5K oriented training as well, right? Like, was that kind of the same idea going into Jacksonville? It's like, hey, if we're here, I got to be fast. Exactly. Yeah. So. 
like Nick, I was, I was trying to hit that 5K. I knew the 1530 range was where I wanted to be. And my last week, I, have, I had a treadmill that went up to 12 miles an hour. So I said, you know, two weeks out from Jacksonville, I'll run a 5K at 1530 at 12 miles an hour the entire, entire time I hit that. And then, like Nick said, I was hitting a lot of progression runs. And I think I probably did a little more extended tempos, really hitting up in that the 40, 45-minute range. I knew the race was going to take somewhere around 30 minutes. So I just gave, like, a little extra time and, you know, wanted to extend out that effort that I was going to give for 30 minutes for, for about 45 prior to that. And I think that worked pretty well for me. I mean, I went in pretty confident. I think this year – I'll probably, you know, my mark on the wall is kind of that 15, 20 range. So yeah, very similar train up as Nick. So you're kind of thinking the same thing, right? It's like, all right, well, let's just see how fast we can get for a course that's this, this short. And like the course itself last year, right? It like started off blazing fast for like 200 meters and they shot us right in a pond. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. did, <laughs> like, and at that point, the speed didn't matter at all. And coming out of that, like, so the past two years, they flipped it. Two years ago, it, it started, like, out over, like, the motocross. Start at the motocross course. Yeah, kind of where, where it's, like, sandy, kind of going up and down these, like, dunes that, that were man-made little hills. And that pond was still there. It wasn't as long, and it, but it was, like, way later in the race, right? So there was, like, nobody near me when I was at that point Yeah. two years ago. But last year, it shot us right into it. So, like at that point, all the speed that we had been working on, you know, it doesn't really matter when you're trucking through water, but did you feel like when you came out of the water that you were still ready to run fast? Like Mark, how did you, cause I remember seeing you out there at that point and you came out of the water and you were like sprinting and I was like, I'm gonna have to sprint with Mark on this. So did you feel like you were as fast as you were hoping for? And like, did it matter for you to be that fast? Like when the court, like all throughout the course, I mean, I think it, it, it definitely mattered, but I'd say once we hit the water, the, you know, the marginal lead that most of us had picked up at that point was completely gone. By the time we came out of the water, we were back in a complete pack again. And so right as my, my feet hit the dry land, I think like most of the top guys thought like it's time to go. And so we, we took off, but I, you know, I didn't really do a great job like scouting or recon in the course ahead of time. I knew the sequence, but I really didn't, I really didn't like, like, I don't know, determine the distance between each obstacle. So we were like right on the Z wall, you know, within another couple hundred meters again. And it was like that the entire race until we came out of the spear throw. That was really the first time that we got to open it up. So yeah, like you said, it was, we never really had a, a good um, chance to really show that speed last year until we got out of the spear throw, which is pretty late in the race. Yeah. Which is probably the last third i think and nick you shot out of off the line like a cannon and yeah. like i remember we yeah. you were on the podcast like the week leading into it and we had talked about your race at west virginia where you did the same thing even though that race is like three times as long i was yeah. like all right yeah. this guy's just he just goes for it he's he's making it happen he's he's gonna be out front what were you when you came out of the water did you have that same kind of feeling that like i know i felt the same way as mark that the water approached, I, would, I was, uh, was going to say, the water like approached oh. like much quicker than I thought. I thought there was going to be more time. And like Mark said, like we were on that Z wall really fast. And like there really wasn't much time. And when I was playing it out in my head, I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm going to have time to kind of run and catch up. But 
you know, and I guess you should know that in a sprint, like it's not that much ground to, to cover as a whole, but it still felt mm-hmm. like it was like, there wasn't as much, even like when I was like mapping it out in my head, how was it when you came out of the water, Nick, were you kind of in that same spot? Where were you before you missed the spear? I was okay. So first I'll just run through it. I told myself, I want to be the first one to the water. Because I you really thought like second I didn't third, think right? we were gonna. I was I I just watched rewatched the video today. I was third. I was tied for second going in the water with full whiskey, and I thought no, we weren't gonna punch up and go for twenty again. Because I guess as t- the top five people that we got in the water, that we just didn't want to push it, and that you know that got everybody up front again. I knew we were gonna hit that Z wall fast. I asked a ton of people who did the race beforehand that did the elite heats. I had a couple of friends doing it and they said, we got to the Z wall way faster. So I knew like that Z wall, that was going to be the, the first separator of, cause it's an obstacle that not a lot of people fail, but it's also an obstacle like you don't want to fail. So you go pretty slow. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought we opened up like that first getting to the water was a great, like it had an opportunity for a lot of people to separate and we just didn't take advantage of it. Like I didn't take advantage of it. I should have pushed a little more in the water or something. But once we got out of the water, I mean, the top three people out of the water were Atkins, DJ, and Kimson. And, that, and they got top three. And I was about, I think, sixth or seventh coming out of the water. And off the Z wall, I was about fifth. And then going into the spear, I was like in sixth place. And Aaron Newell missed his spear before me. So if I would have hit it, I would have been in fifth place running with Mark Batris. Hmm. So I necessarily, I thought there was a lot of running a lot of running space to open up if people took more advantage of it because if you come out of the sandback carry was another crucial point in the race i mean it was a half a mile long sandback carry which you can definitely separate people with and then coming out of that you had the atlas carry and from the atlas carry it was just it was a straight shot to the spear throw basically mm-hmm. and then from the spear throw to the bucket and then after the bucket there was that whole motocross that had a pretty much open up. So I thought there was a lot of space to open up and get away from people if people took the right advantage of it. And I think that's kind of how that course is going to run with the sprint still. So you, you actually think that you, cause it felt weird in that water. It was like, it didn't feel like, yes, no one felt like they really could push it, but it wanted to push it, but it didn't really feel like you could. And I remember I like swung wide a couple of times behind like whoever the first person was in the water. It was like woods or somebody. And when I went wider than him, it mm-hmm. felt hard. I was like, it's going to be really tough to pass this person. Cause I'm like trying to kick and push through this water. And then things didn't really separate until probably what the last 20 meters. And people started like, all right, let's gear up and go. So- that last- I mean, I was watching the video. I've watched this race so many times because I give, this is like what has been driving my training ever since. Cause just to have that missed spear. I'm like, how, where could I have just made up more ground? It's the race, um, man. Yeah. If you get into the, if you look, Aaron Newell gets into the water in about 12th place and he immediately shoots up front. Like there's it, like, we're already shrinked out and he immediately gets up front because he pushes it and he just doesn't push it once he gets up front. I don't know. I feel like if I can go back, if I went back to it, you know, nobody wanted to go because it was going to take more effort, but it was just just a short race. I don't think it would have mattered. Huh. So you, you think you would push it. Mark, what do you think about that? Would it like, cause I think you and I were and came out of the water in relatively the same spot. 
I fell. Like when everybody started to move, I decided to put my face in the water then. So I kind of came out, I don't know, like 10th or 12th or something like that. So Mark, you must've came out around the same, but like from first to 12th was probably like a second and a half at that yeah. point. What do you think about that, that strategy that Nick's talking about, like getting early position by any means possible? I mean, I think it, I think it makes sense. I mean, personally, I think I, I would probably hang back and conserve that energy. It, it was a lot of energy to try to get through that water. So yeah, like you, I tried to just stay in the pack, you know, and draft off the guy in front of me getting through the water. And I was like, Hey, no one's really making a move right now. So I'm just going to kind of stay where I'm at and, and pick it up when we hit the, when we hit the land. And for me, I, I, I really didn't get to open up completely or really like sell out, I guess, until I hit, hit the spear. Mm. And kind of that's one regret that I have is I, I ran a very conservative race. I, I got to the sandbag and that's really where I should have made my move. Surprisingly pretty strong on the carries. And I kind of, I first, I fell and I dropped it in that like calf deep water and picked it up and kind of slogged through it pretty cautiously. And looking back on the Strava segments after I still had one of the, one of the top carry times. And that was pretty cautious going through there for me. And then, and just based on Strava segments is really where I, I, I've like recognized areas that I need to improve. So I was early on, I was, I was pretty, I don't know, average in the, in the segments that they had. And then I had one of the top times from the spear into the, into the bucket. And then I was pretty average from that point forward. That's interesting. So, so yeah, it sounds like there was room for you to have moved up a little bit further earlier. And I know that's something that, you know, we've talked about in the past is like when we finish these races, sometimes it doesn't feel like, the end of a 5k or the end of an all out mile, right? Like you see Kempson finish that race and you're like, I didn't feel like that. <laughs> like I wasn't even close to feeling like feeling like that. And I don't think it's for oh, show, you know? Well, you, you actually ate it. You like were sprinting and then. Yeah. Well, I, I had to make up room room because of the penalty. Loop. Oh, right. So I yeah. went all in. <laughs> and that's, but this is also kind of a, a difference in the type of athletes you two are. And, you know, I kind of am closer uh, to the side of, of Mark on this one, where it's like mm -hmm. our flat land leg turnover, 5k speed is going to be a little bit faster than yours, Nick. So like, I feel yeah. the same way as Mark's like, I'm, I'm going to chill in this water because when we get to the land, my feet are going to move. And I came out of the water. It felt like the race hadn't started. It felt like I was like the, like the starting line again. I was like, Oh, I'm fresh again. So I'm kind of like, I'm kind of with Mark on that one where it's like, if that, and this is very specific to the race last year because chances are it won't, they won't do that same exact thing. They'll probably flip it and put it the other direction, but it makes, but it is important to know about just like where you want to position yourself early and how much you want to kind of uh, sell out versus be, be conservative and when that is going to happen. But just to be like one more specific thing about the race last year, thinking about the, the Z wall, I lost a lot of time on Z wall. Uh, Nick, sounds like you had an okay mm -hmm. time on Z-Wall. Mark, how was your Z-Wall? Yeah, mine, mine was the same. I got through it, but I was I was pretty cautious being the first race back and then the wet conditions and it being a little cold. This is something that I know, Mark, you've done in the past where you'll scout out a Z-Wall, right? And it's something about the way the feet are turned, but I like to like look at the way that the wall is angled because usually, usually it's going to lean one direction or the other. And I'll typically, if it's like straight, like a stadium or whatever, I'll lead with my strong hand, which is my right hand. So the blind turn is 
is first. But in this specific race, that ended up being a mistake because that was the side that was leaning. And I didn't even think about it going into that part. I was like, I'm just going to grab wherever I went. And I, I actually followed, I think it was VJ. I was like, okay, VJ's on this wall, so this wall must be good. And mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was really a tough go, and it was a really slow time coming off of that. So how do you, like, Nick, when you go into uh, a Z wall like that and, it needs, and you need to, like, really bust it, what do, you, what do you do? Do you change the way that you approach that thing going from a sprint to a super to a beast, or is it always the same? It's always – I always go to, no matter what, where, if – I always want to do the blind turn first. Get that out of the way, and then I jump. Like, as soon as I get to that crevice of the second turn, I jump from there to hit the bell. I, I mean, it makes more sense to go to the side where it's leaning, like, downward, like where you're, like, leaning up against the wall, but – I just hate making that blind turn seconds. Hmm. Mark, what are, you th- what are your thoughts? How do you kind of approach that? I mean, if, if I have the opportunity, I, I like to get out there and, and scout one. I really don't worry about the blind turn first or, or second. And then it, in the event, especially in a one like this, a lot of times you're not going to get the chance to get on the wall that you, that you picked out. So in, in that event, I just hop behind like you did, you know, someone in front of me who likely got out there. So for me, I think it was, it was Ryan Atkins. It's why I hopped on right behind. I was like, I bet he, I bet he'd choose a good one. Right. So, <laughs> he knows um, better than me. Cause I didn't get out there in Jacksonville until after the race when we went out there and practiced. Cause mm-hmm. you, you like showed me the wall that you'd struggled on. And I think that's another uh, takeaway is when you do struggle on something, like get back out on the course immediately after it and, you know, get a, get a few more repetitions on, on that event. And that's exactly what we did after um, after yeah. That race. And it was eye opening for me because I went and I, I've always tried to do blind corner first. And when you do blind corner first, you at least open up the opportunity, like Nick said, to kind of do that thing where you jump and, and hit the bell. But for me, like going blind corner leaves my weak hand being the anchor behind where mm-hmm. if I do it second, my strong hand is the anchor around the blind curve later. And for me, that actually feels more comfortable. So if I had to do that again, I would, I would definitely have looked at the lean of things. And I think I'm going to try to lead and just like not worry too much about the possibility of jumping and hitting it and just going the way where I know is going to be the most comfortable for me. So two years ago, there, it was obvious that they, they did send us through water. There was a lot of that marshy bullshit stuff that they had. Were you guys expecting that? Like Mark, when you went down there, and like for the sandbag carry, you say you picked up the sandbag, dropped the sandbag. It was like, it was really rough. Like, were you expecting that type of terrain there? No, not really. I, I'd watched the year before. I was actually doing a workout on the treadmill watching. I was like, I'll be there next year. But yeah, I was expecting more of the, the motocross course and some more like ups and downs and then more of the, I don't know, like bushwhacking through the woods. I wasn't really anticipating the, the water up to my knees on the, or on, up to my, ankles and calves in the in the bucket carry or in the uh, sandbag carry and then I wasn't expecting to be in the water that long so yeah those were those were kind of the two that that caught me off guard but definitely will be prepared this year yeah and that's like one thing that it's interesting how do you prepare do you run through a creek like Nick when you have to prepare for something like that were you prepared for that type of water situation or did you kind of like prep beforehand to be ready to run through like bogs and, and like mud and like nastiness. 
Nick, you with me? I was, yeah. I was definitely ready. I think, one, I mean, I, I ran the course in 2019, so I knew there was a lot of mud on there. I do have a little cheat code. My little cousin lives at WW. He trains motocross there full time. <clears throat> so he was giving me weather updates all week, how actually the course was looking. He was able to, he was seeing them set up like the course and he was telling me like where it would be, like if it's going to be a muddy course or not. And it's Florida. So I just expected there to be a lot of mud. And then the water, like I knew we would have, we would have to go back into that pond or lake, whatever they have. So that's where your time spent in the gym really helps out doing those single leg movements. Hmm. I think I've always found strong going through water, knee, knee deep water. Cause all this, I do a bunch of lunges. I do a bunch of split squats and those are the same muscles that'll help you push like high step over water and recover faster. So I was, you know, I was expecting about that long. I was just hoping we weren't going to have to swim and it was going to be everything that we can stand. But the course I was pretty much, yeah, that's, I expected everything that was going to be out there. I knew it was going to be pretty muddy. I knew that we were going to be in that lake for a little bit and it's always, and it's Florida. So it has a good chance of being like just running through a mud pit. So we and it go- was the second, and it was the second day. Right. Right. So it was going to be a little bit more so messed like up. 5,000 people already went through the course. Yeah. And it was cold. It was such bullshit. I was like, how's this cold? This sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was even colder that first day. But so Nick, when you're doing that and you're confident that you're strong enough to run through like the bog and the marsh, are you just gunning it? And you're like, my legs can handle this. I'm just going to like be confident that I can stay up or. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I have to, I'm not a low 15 flat 5k guy like you guys and Woods and Kimson and Atkins. I, I mean, I have to be, that's why I have to make up ground is through a muddy course and to push it through the spots where you're going to have to have a lot of strength in your running, you know? So I ha- I have to go full sin through there. I don't have a choice. Are you thinking about that leading into the race? Like, Hey, when we get into the, when we get yeah. to the nastiness, like I'm going to just smash. Yeah. Yeah. Because like there's going to be spots where it's not going to be totally, it's going to be very runnable and I'm going to need that room to where what somebody catches up to me. Like I'm going to, I'm going to need that buffer. Yeah, I the I've always like say the muddier the course the better. Like, and I don't train in mud, but I just know, like with my all the time I spend in the gym with my single leg movements, I know that's where people like me that you know we're still fast, but we're not going to be the fastest people out there. That's where you have to take advantage of that situation. Hmm. Yeah, because I felt the same way going into that sandbag. It was like, okay, this is just some some nastiness. Let me just kind of get through this however I can. Like, Mark, what do you think about when you're going through that, like, nasty type of muddy terrain? Is it similar to what Nick's saying, or is it kind of more, like, survive to get through it and then push later? Personally, I think that ankle-deep water is is definitely a liability for me. I've, I've had pretty bad injuries on both of my ankles and feet, old college basketball injuries. Dude hoops. And, and uh, so, I mean, <laughs> those are my weaknesses, is, like, is descending on – uh, technical terrain and you know when I don't know what's below the surface like running with that sandbag and in water I can't see the bottom of just caused me to either be like weaving through to try to get on the side of it or being very cautious not to to roll over on one of my on one of my ankles with you know 60 pounds on my back so it for me it takes just additional practice and we have like a 
a training principle in the army is, is train as you will fight. And for me, that entails me, you know, doing that exact movement and try to replicate those conditions as much, much as possible. So I'm that guy, like I'll be running through the stream at this, at this local park that we have. I'll hop down in the stream and it's, it's like calf deep water and I'll just try to run through it at the end of my, at the end of my workouts to build that confidence and, you know, kind of work on that ankle and lower leg, I guess, stability that, that I'm lacking. Right. And Mark, you're catching a little bit on the mic. And you would think that you would hope that that would be the case, right? That you would just kind of get stronger and just become more resilient. But I think you're right, man. You just kind of have to get in the water. So do you like, do you go and you're like, all right, I'm going to run through the water this run? Or you just like, whenever you're around it, you'll do it. It's usually, like, do you bring like a little bit, like, do you drive to the creek? <laughs> like, what do you do? I do it every time I train at this specific location. And I do it right at the end of my workout, splash through the water for a few minutes, and then change my shoes and head home. Right. And bring an extra. And sometimes it's like, that's one thing with obstacle course racing. It's just that you, the training doesn't necessarily need to be that hard. <laughs> it's just like, you just kind of have to do what is going to be there. So yeah, like if you, if there's going to be a creek, if there's going to be water, you just got to get familiar with it. Do you think of, do you, do you mentally prepare yourself then going in? Cause it, it's like, is it like the opposite of what Nick's doing? Like where Nick is just like, he sees that and knows he's got to go. Like, do you think about that before racing? Like this is going to happen. And when it does, I need to be confident in my ability to run through this. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's what my, like my upcoming training block is all about is, you know, we all talk about getting comfortable with being, you know, uncomfortable, but for me, it's being uncomfortable at, you know, being comfortable at, geez, getting comfortable at different heart rates. So for me, I'm naturally a guy that like, I'm pretty damn tough when it goes to like running long distance, like the ultra distances at a lower heart rate. But I know for me, I need to put in a lot of work at those, at that, that higher zone of a heart rate. And so that's what my training is all about right now is, you know, these 30 to 40 minute workouts that are just crushing me. But my heart rate is, you know, sustained for that entire workout because I, it's something I don't really have to work on. But I think in my case, I know like toughness is a, is a perishable skill and it's something that I continue to work on. But I think last year I wasn't mentally tough enough um, in Jacksonville and I kind of ran a very conservative race. And when I, when I finished, I'm looking at everyone around me, like laying on their backs You know, I put my hands on my knees for, for two seconds, took a deep breath and, and walked and got my medal and, and got out of there. And I was kind of disappointed in myself. Hmm. So that, that, now that's part that you're going to, you're going to train yourself to push in, into that more. Absolutely. And it, it also comes with confidence in, in the obstacles for me. And you can, be, you can be super fast, but if you're losing seconds on every single obstacle, eventually that's going to catch up to you. You can, you can only catch up so much in this. So it's all about getting through the obstacles efficiently. And I mean, for me, not holding your, my breath, getting through and then getting back to, to pace as, as quickly as possible. And then so... So Nick, when we were just talking about training just the other day and mm -hmm. one thing that I was thinking about for you, it's like, okay, like in your case, we just need to get you faster, right? Like yeah. if you can get to that point where, you know, Mark and I are, you already have these other pieces where you're going to be like, I'm going to push all the way as hard as I can. 
excuse the sirens. I'm sure everything is fine out there. That's just how we live out here. So like, yeah, for you, it's like getting as fast as possible because you already had this piece. Do you ever have like what kind of Mark was just talking about where you don't get to that point of like complete exhaustion or be able to kind of put yourself all the way out there? Or is that something you know is just going to like happen for you? That's going to happen. I don't like, especially in a sprint or a super, there's not a lot of races where I don't finish. And I'm like, gosh, I, that was everything I had. I take a lot of pride in that. Like, like if you're, if you're a slower guy like me, like, you have to give everything you have out there. There's no like, okay, I'm going to catch up to somebody right now. Cause you're, you're not. So yeah, when I finished Jacksonville, even though I got 10th, you know, if I don't miss my spear, I have a good shot of getting fifth place. I was really proud of my effort out there. I was like, super proud. I mean, I was running right next to people that I've never ran with before that are way faster than me, like on the road. And when I finished, I was, I was just so happy with my efforts. I think that that is a skill that people have to train for that you have to sometimes in training go. I mean, you don't have to do it a lot, but you do have to just like what Mark's saying, you have to get that high heart rate and just like kill like, once every couple of weeks just kill yourself in a like is that the time trial that's going out to a 5k to a race that's so people are just way faster than you and you just try to stick with them as much as possible and then you like blow up i think that's a great way to train for it, like a jacksonville like getting your head underwater on purpose yeah and just like having to deal with it so time trialing that's a good that's a good way to do it just getting you know in over your head and some sort of race or some sort of workout where you deliberately you know do like one mile as hard as you can only instead of resting going into like burpees or something, whatever. Like Mark, what, what's yeah. the workout? Like what's an example of like one of these, like we'll call it, we'll call these like grit workouts, right? Like there's no time oriented assigned to this. There's nothing else. that's going to be like a benchmark for it. But like, what would, what would you do to, to really kind of kill yourself? So the two workouts I've been doing every week for the last, I guess, four weeks now is, and I've been doing these with Dave McGeeta. Elevate, elevate interval yep. fitness. Exactly. Yeah. Preparing for his, his run at, at high rocks in, in February as well. So I've been doing the high rocks specific workouts, but we usually do nine rounds of four minute running with a workout station in between each for, and the workout station is two and a half minutes each. So we're usually clipping between five fifteen five thirty pace for the four minute intervals on, on the treadmill. And then we're coming off into two and a half minutes of sled pushes, two and a half minutes of assault bike, two and a half minutes of minutes of burpees, uh, two and a half minutes of, of, of a carry of some sort rowing. Just, we mix it up each week. Um, and we do nine rounds of that. So, it, I mean, we're right around an hour and we always end with a hundred wall balls. And so that's for me, like, that's a, that's a really like difficult workout for me. So I, we've been doing that once a week. And then the second workout, kind of our second a workout of the week is we do the the 5k progression run where each week we're getting a little bit faster so we start and we finish faster each week and uh week one we started we we're around 17 minutes for the 5k pretty comfortable and after four weeks we we're down to i think uh 17 or 16 30 ish last week so we'll, we'll keep pushing that until uh, we get around until we can no longer do it or Jacksonville uh, rolls around and then that workout to really extend it beyond the, you know, the 15, 16 minute there, like we'll, we'll finish the 5k and we'll immediately go right into the remainder of the elevate 
interval workout, which is hmm. usually a lot of hill climbing, burpees, sled pushes, kettlebell work, stuff like that. And I think that's an interesting approach is it, and because that's a bit of my problem when and like when Nick and I were talking the other day, I'm just talking about just getting faster, right? Like to get faster at something like a compromised running workout or some sort of race sim workout where you're doing those four minutes fast and doing those other things. Like, yeah, there's definitely like an element of specificity when it comes to like how you're going to move from a sled push into a run and like being able to adapt to that and just use that. Yeah, that'll make that part easier. But to make those four minutes of running faster, you need to be able to run fast, right? Like you might be able to get fast at running those four minutes after a sled push, but to like run as fast as you can in between those, like you still need to work on that actual leg turnover, that speed, that like speed endurance. That's kind of what that 5k does to kind of balance those two things out. So I kind of like that approach where it's not just all one direction versus the other. And, Mm -hmm. but I like the idea of doing like that high rocks type of workout for you where it's like, it's not necessarily going to be that specific. It's going to suck really bad. It's just going to be something that is out of your comfort zone, especially coming from a 50 mile race that you did like a couple of weeks ago. So it's like the exact opposite of those things. So I, I like that. And is, how do you, how do you feel that that will help prepare you more for, for Jacksonville than that you're just going to then be able to have that high heart rate moving in and out of things? Do you, and like, do you think about your breathing? Because that was something that you mentioned earlier. It's like, do the monkey bars with while being able to breathe. <laughs> like, are you thinking about these things during these transitions? Absolutely. A lot of those two minute efforts, two and a half minute efforts. That's all I'm like, you know, just programming myself with is breathe, uh, breathe, breathe. And uh, yeah, like going back to what, what Nick said is like, I need to get to that point where I'm selling out on every single race. And I think I know I've found that on the road. I can give everything I have. I just, I've found where that's gotten me, I guess, early on in, in my OCR career is when I did sell out, I also reached the point where I would fail an obstacle. And like, I still have that in the back of my mind because um, I'm still fairly new to the sport. So that's just something I'm, it's going to take time and just confidence in the, and repetition in, in the obstacles. But I get better. I get better each year. Yeah. Not, not just the obstacle failure, but I've also just died. <laughs> I've just died too soon. <laughs> Nick, like, You've also died and you haven't died. Where do you just worry about that when it happens? Yeah. I mean, I know like I'm only focused on Jacksonville Spartan right now. So (laughs) if I die there, I don't see myself dying in a 30 minute race like that. It's more dying like in a 13 mile. In a beast. Right. Yeah. That's where I'm going to probably die. And yeah, I worry about that. That's a future me problem, I say. I, that's a future me problem. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it on next year's podcast. Like, and then yeah. I died. And then, so like when you went from Z Wall, so back to the specifics of last year, from Z Wall to Monkey Bars, there was some running there. There was probably yeah. 600 meters. It was at the Shrava segment on there, it was three and a half minutes I ran. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe more like 800 meters. So there was some time to run. So when you get off that Z wall and you're running to those monkey bars, are you sprinting? I try. Yeah, I, I was, I think that was one of the fastest paces I've, like I had a great day of it. I think that's one of the fastest paces I've just ever ran, like period, on a road, <laughs> on a cross country course. I think that was one, like I was keeping up, I was ahead of Batchers and Woods at that point. Like I was outrunning them at that point. So yeah, I, I thought it was just, it was a race of 
to obstacle to obstacle. And I think that's what it's going to be again this year, to obstacle to obstacle. And there's going to be those three and a half minutes gaps of running. Whether you're going to blow up there or not, that's, I mean, that's going to, if you train, like that's going to see like who's to train harder, like who's, who had that in them. Who's ready to do that. Yeah. And that's why I like doing, like I'm trying to find a, a couple five K's to go before and do this, or maybe even a, a local obstacle course race. I'm trying to find like, like you gotta, you gotta put your body like through that. Before last year, I went to a three mile road race in St. Louis and I saw a couple like, oh, these guys look pretty fast. And I asked them, what are you guys trying to run today? I go, well, we're trying to run sub 15. I go, all right, I'm just going to try to stick with them as long <laughs> as possible. Um, and I stuck, with, I stuck with them for about 10 minutes. Yeah, and that's just, and, you know, with an obstacle course race, then you have those little breaks that you can break up those 10 minutes so that you can expand that effort. So I think it's really, you got to put your body through it a little bit. So if you've got a couple buddies, say, let's just go to the track or go to a course yourself yeah. So, yeah let's do it let's do a 20 minute let's do a 20 minute tempo run all out and see if we if we die or not yeah that's not a bad it's not a bad that's training like a meathead though yeah it's training like a meathead right and that's what we're trying yeah. to be like when we're working now it's like okay some meat sometimes yeah. meathead sometimes. and yeah and that's only and yeah and i'm always saying that's that's you i think you only need to do that once or twice before jacksonville spartan you yeah. know right. um, don't do it every week just once or, like from now till jacksonville try to get that in twice i think yeah. And so that's what I did. I got through, I, cause my Z wall went poorly. I came off the Z wall and I, I sprinted like crazy. I flew past Killian. I flew past Taylor Turney, like no problem. And then I had, I, like, I'm not so skilled at the obstacles that I can't just mindlessly go through them. I need to have my a plan and be able to execute that plan. And by the time I got to the monkey bars, like my brain stopped working and I just like switched my plan and I missed the monkey bars. I was just like hanging on there. I yeah. was like, Oh my God, I've died. But you're right. Like I didn't had, I didn't have like the wherewithal or the skill to know how to get through those without thinking about it. Almost, you know, like it just, I, I just exerted so much that I forgot my plan and I just didn't do what I had to do on that. And speaking of a plan, this is one thing that's been, a little bit kind of why I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on this. It just seems like so soon. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not quite ready for it. And just kind of adapt, like kind of switching gears and like hearing you guys, these workouts that you're talking about, like, like going all out on something here and there. Like, I just, I'm not quite there yet. And if I go to Jacksonville, like, I don't know how much I'm going to want to go there before I go to race. So like, if I get there, it would be just based off of the training for whatever I'm going to be training for, for, may or june or whatever it is how did so like mark when you found out that this was happening how were you able to kind of like switch and adjust i mean i had the i knew coming out of the out of the out of jfk 50 mile like i was i was gonna be behind the curve of the rest of the field uh, when it comes to you know the early season ocr races so i i already had a plan in place for Really, I was planning to start like mid to late January coming off the off season because yeah. I was expecting to race in, in May, uh, the first national series race. Uh, so I had this in, in place. I knew I needed to get my speed back. So really the 5K was already on my mind. And then when this dropped, I just basically, I just moved that block to the left on the calendar and, and put into action with, with David. And mentally you were like, okay, it's just what I have to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm psyched with it with a year off from from racing. I'm I'm just psyched to get back on the course. Yeah, Nick, you feel the same way. You're like, whenever the race drops, I'm in. Yeah, you've been doing I, I had 
Yeah, I mean, 2020, my off season was spring, summer, and early fall because of an injury. Right. So my I this late fall usually I take all December off the last two years. I don't do anything, but I've trained straight through the winter. And even when I was out of shape, I did those savage races. I just I just I just love racing, so I just wanted to get out out there to see those couple of weeks coming back from injury of where I was at. You know, I think it's always good to get a good baseline where you're at. So yeah, I'm psyched. I'm psyched they said right back to Jacksonville Sprint early Feb like late February. Because I didn't have because I didn't have an off season. My off season was a half a year ago, basically. And and Nick, are you planning to get a full score, like a full three races? Yeah, I am. This is definitely my best course, best chance to get a high high like I don't know top five hopefully. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping to hit at least four of them if they happen. Yeah, and like the thing is with like the two California races you might have to do Jacksonville to get three races in. Cause I'm yeah. guessing those are going to get canceled. Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like why they would even think that they'd be able to do them. Mark, you, are you going to, are, are you kind of thinking the same thing and trying to get your three races in? Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. And for me, I'm kind of the, the opposite. You know, my strength lies in the longer stuff. So if I can, if I can put a good one on the board, you know, another, maybe a top five finish in Jacksonville, that puts me in a really good spot as we start moving out to those longer distances. Right. So, right. So just to kind of get out, out there and position yourself and it kind of is forcing a lot of people's hands. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're not the only people here thinking like there might only be three races, yeah. you know, if that, so like you kind of have to go after this one. And then in, in terms of the preparation for it, will you like, Mark, are you coming into this? Like it's like, it's an A race. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you, I think you do with the level of competition that we're going to face if you don't, you're going to find yourself, I mean, well out of the top 15. Um, right. And that's like the thing is that if this is like, if you hit these next, I think it's only seven weeks from right now, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so like you can put together a decent block like of, of six hard weeks, have like a little taper to come into it. And then after that, you have a little bit of flexibility because it's not like, I mean, that they have that race scheduled in March and in April. What are you guys going to do about that? Are you going to plan I for think the California April, races? May. April, May? Yeah. Because okay. I was thinking like, because I'm looking at them like, this next race might not be till Utah, which is what, July or something? July. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to plan for, what's that, San Luis Abisso? Yeah. Abisso. I guess they I'm say slow. For it. Slow, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to plan for it. I want to go out there. I hope it happens. And then if it doesn't, then I don't know. I'll go do some other races, some savage races. Some hit some savage. Yeah. So yeah, why not? Yeah, Mark, what would you what do you be thinking like after this? Like would you still were you trying to get out to slow and then what big bears in May? Yeah. Yeah. Like Nick, I mean I'll I'll plan for it and then I'll just adjust if I need to, but I'll definitely have race specific blocks planned ahead of ahead of those. Cool. Yeah, that makes it because like for me, I'm not even sure. Like that doesn't like I would not go to either of those California races. I mean, if I was gonna do three, I would do Utah and then West Virginia, which puts a huge gap of time in between the these bunch of different races, which is kind of nice. So you don't have to like regroup and just go back right back into the next kind of race prep for something like the slow race. So cool. What are Nick, what are you hoping is different about the course? Like, what would you like to see at this course this time around? 
I would like a shorter water crossing. Um, <laughs> that was just dumb. I think that was. I thought that was I think stupid. Just, yeah, I thought that was ridiculous. I like. I thought both those carries were good in distance. The only thing I would honestly would change, I'd just see something different out there. I know they have a ton of land out there, so just bring us to something different. Give just something do that we're yeah not expecting yet. Would you do that just like 2019 again? Just like flip it and just yeah, like go out because I've been there with my cousin and there's so much land out there. Like they can use more property. Yeah, just do whatever you have to do. Make it a 5K, but just send us somewhere else. Yeah, would you want more marsh? More what? Marshiness, swampland. Yeah, give me, give me all the mud, all, all that mud. I mean, last two years ago, there was a, an extended period where it was like water that was, oh, yeah, definitely like needy. And I was like, I hope these alligators are that was, scared of yeah, us. That was actually, a, <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> I, and, I was actually pretty timid through that one. And then <laughs> I thought was, I was like, it was just like tree stumps through it too. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I don't know if an alligator is going to be that. They've been here as long as like dinosaurs. I don't think they're scared of much. I don't think they're 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 going to run away from anything. So that didn't make me feel that much better about yeah. going into it. Uh, Mark, what would you like to see different? Probably warmer weather. Yeah. Maybe a, a couple more areas to, you know, extended running sections. And then for me, the actually the most like awkward obstacle for me was, was the helix, which is, is usually never an issue, but I was like super awkward, just kind of clumsy on it. It just took me forever to get through. Did you lose ground on helix? Oh, I got, I got passed by go whiskey. And I remember like being on helix watching like Nick throwing, missing his spear and being <laughs> like, well, at least he missed. But yeah, I was <laughs> on there like twice as long as I normally am. And it was just like super slippery and awkward. My wife was like right in my ear too. Like, what are you doing? You're doing um, so bad. <laughs> I yeah, remember so. <laughs> like that helix little festival area. It was so loud. Yeah. Am I the only one remembering that? It was so loud. <laughs> That's why you missed the spear. The sun. I think so. The sun was, was yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. Eyes. Don't put the spear where the sun is. Yeah, um, I miss the spear too. Put, put in twister in the sprint. Put in beater. Give us, give us some more fun things. Don't have the spear in the sun. Yeah, there's no reason not to have beater or or twister. They can keep Olympus in the super, but the the other two, that'd be nice to have. Not a big Olympus guy. All right, cool. So yeah, we'll wrap this up. I think we caught we caught a bunch of good stuff. When the when the map comes out, we'll just, we'll regroup and just go over that and talk about like some ins and outs and how you really want to attack this thing. So, Mark, what's the goal for this thing? You kind of mentioned it in passing. In your brain, what do you think? I mean, I, I mean, the goal is is like any race is to show up to win. But I think you know, I, if I improve on the seventh place finish from last year, I think that's a win in, in my book. And then if I, if I can just give that, you know, more of a all out effort, I think I'll, I'll leave Jacksonville pretty content. Yeah. That's kind of what Nick was saying. It's like just being proud of the effort is, is ultimately what you want to do, right? You finish, you're like, yeah. nothing else I could have done with that. Nick, when you put that all, all out effort there, where, where are you thinking you're going to be? I'm hoping top five, maybe even scratching at a podium. I did listen to a Matt Frazier podcast is one he did with Daryl Woodson. And he does say, all you control is your effort. If somebody goes out there and runs a four-minute mile pace through it all, there's nothing I can do about that. So, again, I always just want to finish a race knowing I couldn't have done anything else. But, and hopefully that effort gives me a top five and a good, like a good showing. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what we can hope for. I mean, that's kind of how I'm yeah. trying to switch my goals to. Like, last year I went into it, and I, I was like, I'm 
going to be on the podium. I, I swore on it. I was like, I'm in such good shape with a master, but I didn't, didn't give a good effort. Didn't give a great effort after it. And, you know, just felt terrible. felt like embarrassed about it. And then it was like, I was so worried about the placing where I was going to come in and you know, just trying to change it and just be more internalized and just pushing yourself is like, yeah. And like, if that's good enough to be on the podium, that's great. If that's good enough for 10th, that's also great. Yeah. I mean, you're like at the end of the day, like anybody racing, like you're only racing for yourself. So like nobody's relying on me to get first place. I'm only racing for myself. So again, I give it everything I got. I I can't, you can't be upset with yourself. If they hit, I just don't want to, I don't want to look back though at my training and say, what if I did something different? Right. That's all. That's, that's the only, that's, that's my biggest fear when it's racing. What if I would have done, an extra tempo day. That's the only thing I don't want to look back at. Right. Now it's like the commitment is just moving forward and now you have that and we're setting, setting your sights on it. So it's like, okay, we got seven weeks. No, no, no regrets for over these next seven weeks. Mark, what would you say? Last thing, what would you, someone coming to the course for the first time, what, what would you tell them how to, how to prepare? What's like the best for them? Like if you had to talk to yourself last year, I mean, I would prepare for the prepare for any conditions. So I, I wasn't expecting the 40 degree temperatures last year. And as someone who struggles, like my hands just don't, I kind of lose dexterity when it gets below really like 45 degrees. So I was kind of right on that limit last year. And I would just say prepare for, you know, the unexpected and, you know, train as you will fight is, is get out there and do the things you know that you're going to, you're going to see and be prepared for for just about anything. So it sounds kind of crazy, but I've been, I've, I built up a new garage gym here um, at the house over the you know last few months. And I've been working out with the, you know, in shorts and the shirt with the garage door open and going for runs in the morning with no shirt on. Cause I'm in Jacksonville last year. Uh, I was bundling up up here and, and going on my morning runs. And then I get down there and, you know, we're going shirtless and jumping into cold water so you know trains you'll fight so i i've been going for runs in the morning and and probably less gear than i than i should be but like you know i'm gonna be i feel like i'll be mentally uh more prepared this year how's that how's that been feeling is it like does it suck for one minute does it suck for 40 minutes no it's usually (laughs) it's like about usually the first mile or so and then you kind of find your stride but you know a lot of those times I'm like, man, I really wish I had some, some gloves on right now. Like I, I ran last week, it was about 37 uh, degrees in training. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a tough morning run. Tough just to get out. Dude, last year I was so upset with myself, like m- missing the monkey bars last year. Cause last winter I didn't run with gloves at all. Like 20 degrees, anything. I was like, just ditched the gloves. I was like, I'm just going to not have to worry about this anymore. And that shit didn't work. So I hope it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more of a, definitely more of a mental thing. I was thinking like bleg mitts, right? Like you think there's a place for bleg mitts in last year's race? I mean, with the water right away, would have just ruined it? Like, Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I think, didn't think so it was that 5K. cold, so I don't know. My hands were numb. I couldn't believe, <laughs> like, they went numb. I, I run hot, so I, it was, that would make it colder. Keeps it hot. Nick, what would you tell yourself? If you, before, like you came down to this course two years ago. Um, I, I never really trained on muddy grassy trails. I just always expected my natural ability to get me through it, which it has in the past, but man, if you can find like 
I'm in a city. Mark's in a – we're all in cities. All in cities. And I, yeah. If you can find where the high schools run cross-country at, I mean, I found that here at the like, place called Percy Warner. That's where I did intervals at the day, and it was a slop fest because it's raining the last couple of days. And, yeah, my intervals were way slower. My back was on fire. I was – I did it. My legs were heavy, but that's only going to make it stronger for Jacksonville. It's going to be – it's probably going to be a sloppy mess. So if you can get out to where you're – you know, it's not going to be real technical. So if you can find your, where your high school, the local high, high school cross country runs on their trails, if it's on grass, then get out there, especially like the day after it rains or something. That's a good idea. Like going for grass, because when I'm running, running on trails, they're like hard, dirt, rocky. They're yeah. slippery and they're technical, but it's not as it's not like mud. You probably get mud on some grass cross country courses. Yeah, yeah. So if you can find it, do it. Yeah, and when it's raining, take it as an opportunity, not as like – a bummer of a day and they get to go suck it up. So go run through the mud with no shirt on in the winter. And you'll be, you'll be top five. There you go. <laughs> All right, dudes. Well, thanks for popping on today. I thought that was awesome. I think we're going to have a good showing out there at Jacksonville. There's at least three spots in the top five accounted for now. Right. So that's right. <laughs> It's going to be at least 20 people say top. (laughs) I I love it. I love it, man. Bring it. It's going to be stacked. Like you would imagine, like, I don't know. I think we're talking about this, right? It's going to be, I think everybody's going to, it depends how you feel about traveling during a pandemic. (laughs) The whole traveling during pandemic thing. Yeah. That's how, that's what it's going to come to. If you don't care, somebody like me, that's like, I feel like we're going to have a lot of people out there. A lot of fast people. And this is one thing I did mention this to Mark when we were talking about it before, like worst case scenario that is clear, like definitely not out like unrealistic is you go to Jacksonville and then you get COVID. And then it's like, you ran that one race, it ruins the next six weeks of training. And it's like, like this sucks now. Cause like it, it, like some people obviously, right. It's like asymptomatic. You don't even know you have it but it's not some people down. Like I'm, I'm coaching some athletes who are just like really reeling from it and coming back and it will really screw up your year if you go and get COVID. So like I'm thinking about that too. And just like the, amount. I will say like the Savage race, Mark, you went to Maryland Savage, like outside racing. Like I couldn't think of a safer place, honestly. It's not necessarily that it's like, the, yeah, I'm not concerned with the with the, the race, race. I think no. it's the you know it's the the travel to and from and the you know the hotel are, are where the con- concerns are at. Yeah, okay. I, I hear you, Rich. I think I'm gonna drive. It's it's a brutal drive from DC. It's about nine hours, but I think it's worth it for me. And then yeah, I'm still kind of debating the you know the accommodations plan for for the race. But I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna try to keep my distance and you know, drive down, race, and, and drive home. And then just being safe up until that's what you and I, Nick, were talking about that. It's like, all right, just be like extra careful these next seven weeks. I mean, we all, we all yeah. should be being careful, but like extra yeah. so because, yeah, getting sick going into it. Then then you go and you give all the other Spartan Pro team COVID when you're down there. Yeah, yeah. Be, that's, this is going to be – I haven't – all the listeners in us want to trust us. I was reckless in 2020. I'm going to be safe now, though. We're good. <laughs> Nick is a walking super spreader, <laughs> but now, now, now he's, now he's back. Now, now the races are here. I'm back, it's, it's I'm time back to, on the wagon. It's time to buckle, buckle it down. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's going to be a big thing. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some people who don't show up because of it, because of it's like, 
you know, whatever they feel like their, their obligations are at home or, you know, like I, I think yeah. most athletes are going to feel like us. It's like, Oh yeah, when we're there, it's fine. Like we're not, we're not going to get sick when we're there, but like, you know, then you got to come back home and like whatever's going on. So I'm not sure how stacked that's going to be. You would think it would be super stacked, but I don't know. I think it's going to be. All right. Mark, yeah. what do you think? You're hoping? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be. It's an, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to see like who the new people are that'll, that'll show up, who the, who the Mark Gaudettes are going to be this year. They're like, who the fuck was that? Like, damn it. I thought Nick I had Mastic. this. Uh, Nick, Nick. Yeah. Nick Ma- Mosk. That's how you pronounce Mos- Mosk. Yeah. Th- <laughs> it makes more sense that way. Yeah. If he was going to Jacksonville, that'd be, he'd be have a good show in. Well, all right, dudes, we'll make sure to, to follow up when, when it comes down to it. And then we'll, we'll touch base again when we lead into the race, but yeah, we'll be talking. So make sure to give Torque a follow. I'll make sure we link you guys in the show notes and that's it. We're signing off. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Rich. Later, fellas.